Titans with the man, the myth, the legend. Jim Wyatt at TennesseeTitans.com is where you can find his work. He's probably felt like Willie Nelson here in the last couple of weeks on the road again, but he's back home and probably will head back out here soon enough. Jim, how we doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's been a busy stretch, and you're right. Head to Indy for the Combine on Monday, so the NFL calendar just keeps on uh, flipping and lot uh, on the horizon. You got you know the Combine coming up, free agencies right around the corner. You got owners meetings, the draft, pro day. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be training camp before we know it. We had Kevin Ingram on yesterday to talk about Vanderbilt and their five consecutive wins, and they should beat LSU on the road Wednesday night. Uh, how do you feel about uh, quite a change in this season after that Alabama game? What do you think about your doors? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's definitely taken some patience because, you know, it, it's been, you know, last several years, uh, you know, you know, struggling to get to the NIT and playing on the first night of the SEC tournament uh, is not something that you, uh, you know, could be very happy about. And the way this season started – um, you know, I can't deny. I mean, it was kind of discouraging, and uh, very happy with how things have kind of turned. Can't help but look back at some of those games early in the season. You know, especially you know Grambling State, mm, yeah, you know, losing some games at home uh, that you know would have been nice to win, and you'd be in a completely different situation now as far as um, where you're where you are in regards to trying to make the tournament. I still think of Vanderbilt wins three of the next four, manages to win a game, you know, an SEC tournament, you know, ends on that kind of a streak, finishes that high in the SEC standings. I don't know how you, you can't put them in, but I um, uh, will say this, they've gotten a lot better and have beaten some good teams along the way, and now just got to keep doing it. You can't have any kind of a letdown uh, with, you know, with LSU coming up tomorrow night. No, no room for that for sure. So today – is the beginning where teams can designate franchise or transition tags for players. Now, I think it's from now until March 7th. The question I have, though, Jim, is this used to be a big deal in the league. It's no longer a big deal anymore. I, I'm wondering how what's the shelf life on, franchise, on these tags because it feels like you know players are disgruntled. They don't like them even though this was collectively bargained many, many years ago. Uh, it just doesn't have any umph anymore, right? It just there's really no more new news about that. It's it, the only time it's really ever used. It feels like it's just for a chip, for a little bit of time to just get that deal done. What what do you think? What do you think of the tag situation as we sit here in 2023 in the NFL? Yeah, I mean you're right. I mean it really is. You know, I can't help but wonder if that's what's going to end up happening in in Baltimore with with Lamar and what's potentially going to happen in Dallas, you know, with, with Pollard and, you know, you look around the league and if you can't, if you've got a guy that you can't get a long-term deal done with, then that's what you do. You put the tag on him, try to keep for another year and the rally is you can do it again. You know, you do it two years in a row, but it's not something to celebrate. I mean, teams don't necessarily want to do it. Best case scenario is get a long-term deal for the player. It's obviously not the best case scenario, on a long-term deal that's a lot of money you know for a one-year contract but people want you know stability and they want um, they want long-term contracts to give them more protection so you don't see it all that much I've never used it a lot there's been a handful of guys over the years but 
you know, now it's 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 kind of it's kind of last uh, scenario to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I can think of really, and correct me if I'm wrong, like the last time they actually used it to their advantage, but then did, you know, the cardinal sin that teams shouldn't do is say, we won't do it again, which they had every right to, was to Albert Ainsworth when they kept tagging him every year. Yeah, I think that is right. I, and I'm trying to think of other guys, you know, it's been, um, it's been so infrequent uh, that the times that they have used it, but um yeah, I'll never forget the Albert one, and yeah, he he, you know, he definitely benefited from that situation and the fact that they let him walk, because that's what led to his hundred million dollar contract, uh, in, mm-hmm. you know, in Washington. So, um, I, I think again, I, I think you want to avoid it, and you got to have good communication with players and and teams to kind of try to avoid that situation. You spent the week out in Glendale. Um, maybe pass along a couple of unique conversations or conversations that stood out to you that you had walking around, you know, doing your thing during Super Bowl week. Man, it was a lot. I mean, it was. Uh, I was. I was funny. I was kind of going through a notebook today, just 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 um, taking out all the stuff that I had had done over the course of that couple of weeks and saving it. So when I look ahead to next week, I kind of understand uh, maybe what what are some things you can find. I mean, my, my trip that you mentioned started back in Mobile, um, and then I went from Mobile to the Pro Bowl to the Super Bowl. Um, so Mobile to Vegas to, to Phoenix. Um, yeah, I would have started off, I guess, at, at the Senior Bowl, which is where I really got my most extensive time with Rand Carfine and mm-hmm. kind of was with him uh, at a place, you know, that he had been to before but for the first time as GM and just to see people congratulate him for him kind of working himself, himself up the ranks and putting himself in a position where he's now running this team. So that was cool to spend some time with him, you know, in, in you know, Vegas had a lot of good conversations with Titans. I think the most, uh, the one, the, the one I enjoyed as much as any of was talking to Peyton Manning there about Ryan, who his former teammate, uh, was in, in Indianapolis and talking about him and Hooker and, and Josh Dobbs and then even his friendship with Mike Keith, which I thought was interesting. I, I knew they were buddies, but Peyton, here Peyton talked about him and Mike Keith being texting buddies was pretty funny. And then I didn't get to Phoenix. Uh, as you mentioned, Darren, and you know, spent some time with AJ Brown there. Spent some time with Taylor Lewan there. Those were some pretty interesting conversations. Uh, spent some time uh, with CJ and destroyed him with Lindale just about their friendship, how it, it, it continues to you know, for both of them, and how CJ kind of was instrumental in helping turn Lindale's life around. And then spent a lot of time, you know, spent some time with Brett Kern and. And Clark Hunt talking about Bud Adams and saw hmm. Hidden Hooker twice, once in Mobile and once on Radio Row. It was just a, a potpourri of of people to talk to and things to see. And uh, you know, a lot of times when I make these trips, people say, "Well, if the Titans aren't in the games or aren't in these events, why do you go?" And I think you go to try to find interesting stories and find other people that will talk about the Titans. There are Titans people at these events. And once again, I think um, that 
true this year is that I crossed paths with a whole lot of people uh, in my travels. Aren't you glad I wasn't in Glendale to, to borrow your room in the middle of the day because I was yeah. sick? Yeah. <laughs> what city was that in when that happened? That was, was that, Glendale. Uh, That's why I'm so bringing that, it up. Yeah, it was okay. Glendale. Yeah, you were a little under the weather that day. Oh, I, I thought remember. I was going to die. And uh, luckily I had uh, a hotel right across the street where yes. you could get a little little shut eye and uh, hope hope you felt better after that well i did because we had tickets we had worked all week to get tickets to sons spurs that night okay. and it was john mcclain who's the one who hooked us up in a freaking suite of all things no jim i after your room man i got to the rental car and i went back to the hotel which was 30 miles away and I didn't surface again for probably another 24 hours. I thought yeah. I was going to die. But Jim yeah. saved my life that day. It would have been bad. <laughs> His hotel was right there at Radio Row. And if it wasn't for Jim, I was a dead man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. That, that, that's the worst-case scenario when you, when you travel. Because when I knew I was going to be gone for 14, 15 days and I left, and that's the one thing you don't want to have happen is, you, is get sick. Mm. So I was drinking emergencies putting emergencies in my water and trying to mm-hmm. take yep. a lot of vitamins and trying to do everything I could do to keep from getting under water. And I made it. You know, I, I tried to get some sleep, which maybe I didn't do as much in my younger days. And uh, so I made it through and felt pretty good. And now I'm ready to roll again. Well, it was food poisoning. And that's what it was. Yeah. And it got me. And it got. You can avoid food poisoning, too. Yeah. Yeah. Was, look, emergency ain't going well, to help me on that one. No. <laughs> it's called a bad oh, steak the night a, before. I had about a food poisoning myself. I can speak from experience on that one. I had got a bad hot dog at a Titans Eagles game in 2002 and had to have my uh, buddy Joe Biddle uh, rest in peace. He dragged me to the emergency room at St. Thomas and got me some IVs that day. And, uh, not, food poisoning is just can't can't overcome that one. It's no joke, is it? No. Everyone no always joke. looked at those hot dogs sideways there. At halftime. <laughs> Are you sure you're going for a hot dog? Yeah. What's my... Yeah. Until Jim and everybody up in the always hey, like, listen. Nah. You know what we're talking about is very inside baseball, but they serve hot dogs <laughs> in the press box at, at Titans games for the press and. Uh, there's some people who think you're very brave if you decide to go for a hot dog. So sometimes people give you looks like you're actually going to eat one. Well, yeah, they're here. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, they've come they've come a long way. They they've upgraded uh, there now, where it's it's good dining. But back then, I think that hot dog was maybe green. I, that should have been my first clue. It probably was. <laughs> they weren't. Uh, they were not they, the regular. They were color. rainbow. No, they, they weren't. They, yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It was. So I, I ask you that because I, I knew you would probably bring up AJ Brown, and, and maybe you have have just out of curiosity, have you seen the Raw Room uh, podcast that he he was on with Darren Bates? I did. Yeah, I watched it this morning. As a matter okay, of fact. Okay, so did I. So did I. So, what did you think of that? You know, I don't know that it was. I mean, it was interesting just to see him kind of open up and kind of pour his heart out a little bit. It wasn't really anything that I didn't know um, and have. And you know, he's talked about some of that in the past. I think he really kind of got, uh, you know, his emotions and talked about that more than he had. If you're talking about the part that led, you know, where he was kind of describing the you know, the beginning of the end here in Tennessee. I, I think everybody knew that he, his first preference was to stay here and was hoping it would work out. And I think I'd always heard that he was generally very upset when things didn't work out where that happened. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, 
we all know what has happened since from AJ success to, to, to what happened to John Robinson and just how much the Titans have missed having a receiver like that on the team. But um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that didn't work out better because I, I always liked AJ. You know, I always thought he was a genuine, really nice young man, um, you know, all about football. Uh, I know he got sideways a little bit with the fan base, you know, with some things that were said on social media. But you know, I, I always thought that, hey, this is a really nice guy. When I talked to him in Phoenix, it was more kind of more of the same. Hey, I, I love my time in Tennessee. I miss, still have love for people there. He knows the business side of it now, and I think he's grown up a lot since those days here. But uh, I, I, I always liked AJ. I always thought he was one of the nicest kids. And, and the stuff he said on the – room was uh, you know just kind of he spoke to the heart obviously yeah. from the heart how closely do you think teams are watching things like the xfl and the usfl for actual talent because they try to tell us that you know these guys are playing for a second shot in the nfl and we know that there have been guys to go from those leagues to the nfl i guess we know but but in your experience jim how closely are actual scouts watching those kinds of leagues for for leads? Jim, yesterday I said on the show, I about fell out of my chair this weekend when I flipped on a game and Vic Beasley was running yeah. around. I mean, I about fell out of my Vic chair. Vic Beasley, Josh Gordon, A.J. McCarrens. Yeah. You know, what do you, what do you think, Jim? Well, I think they're watching. I mean, there's no question that, you know, that, that's what these scouts do. I mean, they, they try to uncover guys from every uh, college – you know, in the country, we know whether it's, you know, guys playing the SEC or the Big Ten or guys playing in, you know, some of these smaller conferences that, that you don't hear from. That's how you find the Cortland Finnegan's of the world and how you find, you know, the late round guys. That's how you find a Michael Roos way out in eastern Washington. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's all part of the puzzle. I watched the game. I, I mean, I, it's funny. I was flipping through and saw the game. I guess it was at St. Louis and San Antonio maybe on mm-hmm. Sunday. It yes, was sir. A, it, was a, it was a great game. And, <laughs> and, uh, and they had some big receivers that made some plays at the end of those games that made me think, oh, this is this, guy, this guy's a pretty good-looking prospect. But, you know, guys, you know, the scouts were not only the Titans, but I think across the league. And, I mean, they, they're familiar with all these guys. They scout them, I'm sure, every part, you know, every part of their journey. Uh, they're still, you know, paying attention to them now and i'm sure you know when it comes time for training camps uh there will be guys during this xfl season that didn't will have done enough to uh to earn a spot in somebody's camp and um and i'm just you know that's, that's why these guys keep fighting to keep the dream alive to keep trying to get somebody to notice them all right jim my last question for you sir and you are the definitive old school journalist um, <laughs> that you know that you are double source everything, talk to people, make sure everything is right. You've always been that way. But I see you from time to time participating in the podcast world uh, and talking to some of the the fans out there who put together broadcasts out there for for the internet. How do you respond when you see things? on Twitter related to the team and you go, well, I know that's not true. That, that isn't happening. Uh, and they're reporting this as 
like fact, like this is about to happen. It's about to go down. And you're saying to yourself, this is, uh, there's no way that's happened. I- I'm just curious how you navigate the old school journalists I know you to be and this new wave of media that has come in. Yeah, I mean, I pay attention. I see it. I mean, it's funny we're talking about some, I'm not going to name a person by name. Yeah, no, 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 no need for that. Yeah, I noticed, noticed today, you know, you know, somebody, I was talking to somebody today just about someone on Twitter who was, you know, throwing a lot of stuff out there recently, pretending to be an expert. And, you know, you can, you know, if you're an old school journalist working for a newspaper like I was in Tennessee, and you, you, you guess on a few, you don't guess on a few. You don't, you, you don't uh, put something out there again unless you're got got it sourced and you're 100% correct because if you're wrong yes, sir. then you lose credibility and, and nobody takes what you say seriously half the time uh, you know there's a lot of people who want to pretend to be experts and want to throw all kinds of stuff against the wall and see what sticks and every once in a while you'll hit on something and you can pretend that you get great knowledge on the subject but um, I don't know it, it's I think the I think the people who do it you know, on a full time basis that pay attention very closely, you know, kind of know who knows what they're talking about and maybe who who's just wing it. It just and, gets uh, a lot of attention, Jim. That's all, and you know, it gets all gets people all worked up. Um, you know, my father, Jim, who is not a huge Titans fan, he lives in Nashville. But I talked to him a couple of hours ago, Jim. He was convinced that the Titans had traded for Trey Lance. He said, so tell me why the Titans signed Trey Lance. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, I saw it a couple of days ago. The Titans signed Trey Lance, right? No, no, Dad. No, they haven't. <laughs> that, that, was a, yeah. that was a rumor running around out there, but that hasn't happened. And so I, that's why I bring that up, Jim. It's just that it's so uh, in your face all the time with stuff that just just isn't happening. Yeah, and Twitter, you know, social media, you know, is to blame for a lot of it. I mean, uh, you know, back, you know, before Twitter, you know, everything, again, had to be so buttoned up, multiple sources. If you're going Mm -hmm. to print on something, you better be right. And if you're not, you you know, you Mm -hmm. run the risk of getting fired. You know, with Twitter, you can throw anything out there. And, and, uh, again, if you – people, respected people who throw stuff out there and – maybe have been wrong and then you just keep on swinging and, and people you hope people will forget about it. But I, I don't, I never forgot about it. Like I can assure you that the you know, bosses would never forget about it if you miss one. Well, Taylor Lewan has taken exception to one of those podcasts I saw this morning. So I'll just say that, uh, Jim, appreciate the visit as always. It's uh, going to be an interesting off season. Uh, so we'll talk to you here real soon. Enjoy your time in Indianapolis. Okay, you guys have a good rest of the week. Thank you. All right, you too. That is Jim Wyatt at J Wyatt Sports on Twitter.